Let's see, Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. It is the day of running backs and the day of Hall of Famers as we will have on Tony Dorsett, Earl Campbell, Emmett Smith, and Brian Erlocker. It's going to be a fun day. However, However, there was a time when I just assumed we would start the show with the Mavericks. And we can still start the show with the Mavericks if you like. But then Phoenix went off and made a ginormous yeah. trade. Screw this city. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how much of that attention did that take away from Kyrie's debut with the Mavs and the a win lot. and over the Clippers? A okay. lot. I turned on the TV. Nobody was talking about Kyrie Irving last night. Yeah. It, it all had moved to Kevin Durant is in Phoenix. I'm, obviously, they were saying after the Kyrie trade and Kyrie's debut, uh, it was great. It was really fun to watch the Mavs play more NBA-style basketball. Oh I love God, Luka yeah. Doncic. Uh, he's an unbelievably great player. But it can be somewhat boring basketball to watch a team walk the ball up the court for 48 minutes. Yeah. And so to watch a team play at that pace, to have that energy on defense, to have some ball movement, to actually look like you're running more plays than just you take the ball, yeah. we will pick for you while three guys watch and stand. I just, I really enjoyed last night's game, but I will say 20, 30 minutes after the game was over, yep. all focus went to. Oh, no, I was really feeling like, could the Mavericks, you know, with Luka on this team and could everything Could they out? what? Could, could they, they what? Could they make the NBA Finals? Oh, my god. Mike, gosh. you're aiming too low, baby. Well. Say it. I don't know, because Jason Tatum broke his friend's face last night, oh, so that yeah. helped. <laughs> you're looking at that. I, I was watching the, the game before that, and I was like, ooh, that doesn't look good. And, Jason Tim's like, yeah, I accidentally broke his face. He literally broke his face. But, no, I, I do think that Boston's still the best team in the NBA. Uh, but watching the Mavs last night was so fun. Josh Green made life a living hell on Kawhi Leonard in the first half. Yes, he did. It was weird they switched Reggie Bullock onto him in the third quarter, and Reggie was doing his best. It's just that was a weird deal for me. I was like, uh, can't we keep Josh Green on him? He seems to really not like this guy on him. My, my theory on that, Mike, is it goes back to whenever – the Mavericks were making their run to the championship, and it would be kid for a little bit, Marion for a little bit. You know, they kept putting different size people, and that goes back to the way the Spurs would even treat Dirk, where they'd throw a big guy at him, and then they'd say, all right, now Bruce Bowen could get up underneath him. So I think it was more just give him different things to look at so that he's not consistent. And maybe that, and that takes He did make a shot. I yeah. mean, he missed a shot. I'm sorry. He went 6-7 of seven against Reggie Bullock <laughs> in that quarter. But And it's I'm not ragging on Reggie. Reggie obviously had an unbelievable start to the game. It was Every, crazy. You couldn't have asked for – there's nobody to rag on on that game. That was almost a pure, close to perfect game from everybody in that game. Yes, they had turnovers. Yes, the game, it wasn't perfect. They didn't win by 40 points, but everybody played their role close to perfection. Even JaVale McGee. He was getting rebounds and That's stuff. Right. Hey, he ain't Magoo. Last night, for six minutes and change, he was McGee and not Magoo. So that was the first time he was JaVale McGee all year for the Dallas Mavericks. And that was just guys wanted to play. They wanted to yeah. prove that they wanted to be around, or it, either that or be traded to a great team. But yeah. I think it was more like we. Yeah. I want to play with this guy and Luca together. It was interesting that Christian Wood checked in with 55 seconds left in the first quarter. I thought yeah. that was very interesting. That it was almost like you're a very supplemental piece right now. I don't know what he's done. Whether it he is it because he's not signing the extension? Is it because his agent is an A H? Is it because, ah. you know, I, I don't know. But there's 
something between the broken thumb against Atlanta, if I have the game right, and then getting hurt, coming back, he has lost all favor again with this organization. He's right back to game three of the NBA season. And, you know, it'll be interesting for him. you think he finds him. it tomorrow, uh, uh, after tonight? Like after the trade I, deadline, they're like, well, we're stuck with him. we got to run with I, him. I do think it's 50-50 he's on the team after today. I do think they're going to try very hard Whoa. to move him. Okay. And I, I think in a weird way, I think if he does get moved, we as fans aren't going to like it because we like Christian Wood. I think the majority of Maverick fans see a value in Christian Wood. The coaching staff does not see much of a value in him, and his trade value doesn't seem to be very high. As far as I can tell, nobody wants to work with his agent. Nobody likes the, the brothers that he's with. Yeah. Uh, they only have Nasir Little as, a, as an NBA client and Christian Wood. They literally have ran off everybody in the NBA. They have guys that are overseas. So I just wonder in this situation, like, if Christian Wood is even on this team tomorrow night against Sacramento. I like him. I want him here. I think he's a value to the team. I just don't know if the coaching staff sees him as a value. Are there any other players that you're looking at today? I get the one that comes up time and again is Tim Hardaway Jr., but it just feels like the logistics of that are going to be so difficult. Are there any other people that jump to mind? You're like, keep an eye on this person today. I know where Christian Wood focused, and I get why. Hardaway, and is that kind of where you stop? I, I I can't imagine anybody taking Hardaway's contract. I, I hear you, for uh, sure. I did see where, like, the Mavericks, as we were in crosstalk, the Mavericks are interested in Matisse Thibel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philadelphia. Now, like the thing the about him is it's weird. He averages two points and one rebound a game. Like, literally, like, if you look at his stats, like, well, when was he good? Well, last year he averaged five points and two rebounds. It's just like – it's really tough to look at him you on a piece of paper. defensive? Yeah, thing? but at the same time, I don't want – we kind of have Frank Neal Aquina who fills the role of doing absolutely nothing on offense. And yeah. Then, like, you can't be that good on defense. Like, you're not Dennis Rodman. And so, I just – and, like, if you are that good, like, can you just, like, rack up a lot of rebounds or steals or block shots? And I'm not saying don't go get him, but I could see the Mavericks maybe doing something small like that. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't interest me at all that – Thibel was considered a nice prospect in the draft, has done little to nothing in the NBA, and now after four years he's going to come to the Mavs and be great. Maybe he will, but. I don't have a specific name in mind. I'm just curious about, like, a hypothetical. Would you be okay if the Mavericks dealt Hardy if it was part of getting rid of Hardaway mm. Jr.'s contract? Because he's, he's shown some he's flashes. Fun, man. Yeah. No. Okay. I think that he is a guy – that is going to average 20 points a game in this league. Okay. So I, I think that you're going to have to deal with He had five turnovers last night. People are like, oh, you know, he's not having that good of a game like he had against. And I'm like, look, that's what you have to live with with a 20-year-old, but yeah. you're going to yeah, get yeah, great yeah. moments too. And I just think, hey, if, if you don't like inconsistency, we play Tim Hardaway Jr. 30 minutes a night. Sure. And that's the arguably the most inconsistent player in all of the NBA. He's swaggy P a little bit, like, Dude, we don't know what he's going to bring, except we know he's going to launch this mother effer up. <laughs> and so he made a big shot last night, right? So it's like Tim Hardaway Jr. had a huge three. Uh, and, and then he did go one or two from the free throw line. But he scored kind of four of your last points there to put the, the game away. So even he had moments of big success for the Mavericks last night. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't want to get rid of him. I just don't think any team is going to be like, hey, we want to take on that horrible contract. And that's why I was curious if you would have to throw in Hardy excitement level y'all for friday and or saturday when the hope is that 
that, that that's what the Mavs said. They hope Ky, uh, Luca will be ready to play one of those two games. I so Mike, here's what I don't know. I don't know how we implement the two different styles, the half court style that we have with Luca, yeah. and what we saw last night where. Everybody got involved. Everybody was excited to be a part of it. The ball had energy, and it moved around. I think Luka can do it, but there is a when he's in that half court, he's really good at it. So you don't want to take that out of his game. We just got to have a good go, stop, go, slide, you know, all those things, and that's where I, that's the excitement for me. Seeing the two on the court is going to be fun, but how they work together yeah. in pace is something I'm really I, excited I about. I think, you know, watching tons of NBA, it's easy to do. You outlet the ball, you try to score within three to five seconds, and if you don't, you pull it back out and then play isolation basketball with Luka or Kyrie. It's it's not that hard, but to your point, if Luka then goes and gets the ball from the rebounder and then just walks the ball up the court. All night. Then you're like, dang, man, like give these guys a chance. I think you can get 20 fast break points with this team. And you pointed out this morning. We solved it. For stats. Like, yeah. This is a great opportunity for Luca. Like, I love Luca. Sometimes he's a bit of a stat chaser. So, my recommendation would be you can get the rebound because you're still one of the best, if not the best, rebounder we have, and then outlet it to somebody who can break on the fast break. And I'm like, there. That's rebound you, and assist. Yeah, you don't have to put as much wear and tear on your body, and you can get rebounds and assists at a crazy pace. I mean, I love what you're saying. I know he's a very different player, but that's what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would do a lot to to rest. You just get the rebound, outlet it to Magic Johnson, go like, go, go do showtime. I'm just going to yeah. stand here and wait. When the other team makes a basket or when we have to slow it down, I will jog up the court, go post up, and score 30 for you. And I'm, I'm not saying they're going to trot out the consistent lineup with uh, Luka, Kyrie, Green, and Hardy. I realize like that you're probably not going to get all four of those guys at the same time all the time, but I love the idea of him outletting and then Irving, Green, and Hardy just running wild yeah. on the other end of the court because we saw that a lot at the beginning. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we told you it's running back day. It's Hall of Fame day. We will talk with Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell next right here on the fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan live from Radio Row. And, man, you want to see us pop up out of our seats to go greet some people. It's the day of running backs. It's the day of Hall <laughs> of Famers. So we bring you two of the best, Tony Dorsett, and Earl Campbell, gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. And how are y'all today? Well, thanks for having us. And uh, I'm I'm doing just fine, man. I'm feeling good. Yeah. yeah. I'm very honored to be with my best friend, Mr. Tony Dorsett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a, yeah. This is amazing, Kevin. I don't. I want to yeah. share yeah, yeah, this yeah. real quick. All right. So, in elementary school, I read three books. I constantly checked out three books. It was Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays' autobiography. And uh, the Earl Campbell story. Yeah. When I was five years old, I was at Campisi's, and uh, I look over, yeah. and my mom is like, "Oh, there's Tony Dorsett sitting <laughs> with Eugene Lockhart, Mike Hegman." Yeah. And I walked over and I said hi to you guys. And all of a sudden, my parents—I don't remember this. <laughs> my parents tell me I sat down at your table, oh Tony, gosh. and had dinner with you. <laughs> Y'all were eating ribs and all sorts of stuff, and I was just sitting there, and they were having a blast with me. So I don't really remember this. My parents remember it clearly. Yeah. And uh, so that's one of those things that lives with me. You guys were – y'all were my childhood. So I'm really oh, super ecstatic to be talking to y'all today. That's very honest you remember something like that. And I'm happy that they conducted themselves very well. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Corey tries to downplay it. He scoreboards us all the time, and he goes, hey, who's had dinner with Tony Dorsett? Not uh, you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, does that, does that count? Yeah. I, yeah. I saw something amazing. So we're here talking about H2H Media and the Perfect Ten presented by Prudential. I saw an amazing fact that blew my mind is you two are two of the ten people ever to have won the Heisman Trophy and be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are fewer of y'all than there are people <laughs> who have walked on the moon. <laughs> that is bananas. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I was quite surprised. I was taken back by that. Yeah. Know, when, they, when, they, when that was uh, told to me, I was like, whoa, man, that's, that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool, man. You know, it's good to be one of those ten guys. I imagine. You know, so many things happen to you in life as you go along, and something like this when, you know, like Tim Brown uh, got in touch with me about this. I said, you sure I'm one of those? (laughs) (laughs) But then when the list started reading about the other nine guys, it was really amazing. And I I think as far as I'm concerned, when we went to Dallas for a couple of days and sit down and start talking about all this and, the thing I think I will remember for the rest of my life, and I talk to him occasionally, but Roger Starback is a guy that seems like he should have been a comedian when he got up <laughs> Yeah, right. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, he just, for instance, I just tell a little bit of it. That he was saying, you know, when I was quarterback in Navy, wasn't a big deal. President Kennedy came to that game. And, oh, I threw four touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> he remembered. It was yeah, a big yeah, deal. Yeah, that yeah. is that is amazing. Yeah. I always think about if you met an astronaut now and they're like, hey, I walked on the moon. And you yeah. go, hey, my job is more difficult. I won the Heisman and am in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's really good. I think, and uh, you know, Prudential, who got involved in one of the main sponsors as well as the Hall of Fame, I think. Those guys got with Tim Brown and the people that was involved, and they did a tremendous job. And it was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a big honor being a part of that. And uh, I think it's something that people is really going to enjoy seeing on Saturday night. And the H2H is Heisman to the Hall of Fame, which is why we highlight, (laughs) you know, the 10 people that are part of that class. They'll have the 90-minute documentary. Corey, I can tell you're the pumped to see that it. the Tony's wearing then right there is yeah. the H2H? Oh. H2H, that's it. Oh. Yeah. You can't have it, though. I, all right. I'm sorry, <laughs> I Corey. I got the T-shirt on. Tony <laughs> oh, has okay, it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you can't have his shirt either. I just want to make that clear. Well, you'll yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, you guys, y'all played, uh, obviously, a different era, and mm-hmm. the, the position was even yeah. different. Well, we were the same era. Uh, <laughs> well, Early now. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. How, how, when y'all watch today's running backs, do y'all, do y'all look at guys and go, man, that guy could have made it in our time when it was a different, a, a little bit of a different sport? Or is it the same sport in y'all's mind? Well, to me, it's the same sport. It's the same thing. I mean, it's, you got to be – you. For a running back, particularly, you got to be able to show up week in and week out, you know, and, and be able to perform, you know, and perform at a high level. You know, it was when I came into the league, I was, man, I was, I was like in awe, man. Was, you know, you got a much bigger game. It's more, more, more and more uh, players are coming in. They, yeah. they, they know the game. They're all good. And, you know, so, you know, you got to be, be at your best week in and week out. And it was just yeah. one of those things that it kept me motivated. 
As far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm kind of like my partner, you know, behind the, I looked at it like this once I got to the Oilers, you know, and I find out that I really belong there and I just had to make up, just get in the game. And when I got in there, I started telling to myself that first couple of weeks, the line starts behind me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm going to be the one that run this football on the Oilers. I'm, I'm the guy. This is what I worked all my life for. This is what I want to be. This is what I didn't go to park with my best friend. I wanted to do my own thing in those rose fields and hauling hay and tile and all that. The line starts behind me. How, how, how different is that strength? when you're hauling hay as opposed to just, like, <laughs> lifting. Because we talk about that with Bob Lilly all the time. He's, like, well, lifting up tractors and crazy you, stuff. You know, I, I never, when I got to Texas, in high school, I remember lifting 225 pounds one time, and the only reason I did it because you would get a T-shirt. And, <laughs> and, when, right. I, and, and when I got down to Texas, Darryl Royal didn't make this big fuss out of running back. He would tell offense and defense alignment to go lift weights. And, you know, just real, that wasn't my deal. And when I got down to the Oilers, the guy that showed me how to work for pro football and get my body ready was a guy named Charlie Joyner. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was my neighbor, and he played for San Diego Chargers, and that's who I would work out with. And his big deal was flexibility and running, and that's what I did. Now, this has been a big deal around Dallas for the last couple of years is the split and discussion with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I was curious from y'all's careers, because everyone says the right thing, like, oh, we're a team, and that might be true. But did you always find that to be the case, or do you look and go, that person's trying to take my spot? I know that might. Well, 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 well yeah, you know, and, and that's, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, you, you, the guy keeps, keeps you keeps you at the, at the top of your game. Keeps you, you know, you got somebody that can, can step in and take your take your position, take your place. So you, you, you're always ready to go. You're ready to go, and, and you got to play at a high level. And that's that's part of, you know, competition. The competition when you got good good competition, it probably obviously keeps you on top of your game. So, yeah. I would tell you this, like. The companies I'm doing some business with out in Las Vegas, like Timeless Authentics and uh, Fairway Marketing, Mortgage Company, those are the same companies that I do business for, but both of those companies, one's not going to pay me this, and the other's <laughs> not going to, they're not going to pay me the same thing. Yeah. So when I get in there as a running back, and I know I was continuing to tell you this, it's not a cocky statement, it's just an honest statement. Pat Moore, that runs fairway marketing, know I work for Athletics, athletics, but he knows that he's going to pay me and time and so Athletics is going to pay me. I'm the man. I'm the man. That's how I looked at it as being an athlete. (laughs) I mean, I I don't think as an athlete, as a running back, ex-running back in pro football, I do not think that I would work good in the system like Dallas got, like when Zeke come in, this yeah. guy Pollard goes yeah. in, nothing yeah. against them. Yeah. I was the guy that was like a racehorse. Once yeah. I got sweating got and started lathering, everything started working better. And, I mean, I just wanted every, I wanted to be in on all of it. Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. got to come too, like loving being around the teammates and knowing yes. y'all are doing something good. Yes. You know, your, team, I mean, your you, team's you, working towards something together. I mean, Zeke and Paula probably pull for each other, but if there's a competitive bone in their body, 
Yeah. He's saying, gee, that should have been me. I should have been out there on that play. Especially when the money is involved. You were just talking about getting paid. The money's involved now for Pollard and for Zeke. So. That's right, yeah. And it, it's interesting because when we – I'm looking at you guys and kind of remembering y'all's playing styles. My dad would always say, Tony's trying to – he's trying to say, catch me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Earl's, Earl's saying, where's the next guy I can yeah. lay out? I got to get in the end zone. Yeah. I, I looked at this. If that ball got past that 50-yard line, and I was involved in it, and I was not down that field. I wanted that sucker in my hand every time because when that announcer say there's six points and there is number 34, I like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I wanted that. I used to. I used to back in the day. I used to, when I'd get with Earl, I said, Earl, why don't you let one man tackle you sometimes? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you taking them, them extra hits, man. I'm saying, man, God, I, just let one man. He said, you know what I said? I got to get them. They be talking that shit. <laughs> man, I, I got to get them back. <laughs> he got them back. And but it, it wasn't like I looked up nobody to do that to. It just that I had to make my point that, you know, I was the running back. I wanted to be the thing. And that's why I have a Heisman Trophy and a Hall of Fame. There you go. And yeah. that's, that's you know, when we were talking with Tony and uh, uh, Pollard in, yeah. in a uh, training camp a couple of years ago, I was like, so when you get out there, are you looking for somebody? He's like, I'm trying not to get hit. And that's what I that's, He's like, yeah. oh, I'm trying to. I, 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 like, I don't like to be hit. <laughs> you know what's amazing is a running back out there, regardless of college, pro, high school, anything, you need to remember, instead of having two legs, you really got three. Mm. You know, if you know how to control Put that them, hand down. I mean, with that stiff arm, with that ball, you know, you yeah. got to do it. Do you guys have Super Bowl predictions? I'm sure people have been asking you that. You got predictions for the game on Sunday. Yeah, unfortunately, my best friend, you know, and that's why we are athletes and competitors, I guess. He look at one way, I look at it another way. But I think if Patrick Mahomes should beat Cincinnati on a one and a half legs, <laughs> it's something about this young man and uh not only is he from tyler east texas area but when he's on the football field you just at your tv you know you find yourself i just can't wait he's always you in the game you know so i think that super bowl is going to kansas city you're not picking the eagles then are you <laughs> what who i just i just need to make you, sure i just you, made sure you're not picking the oh, eagles oh, oh man let me tell you man <laughs> The Eagles fans, man, I, um, only thing I liked about Philadelphia was the fact that they harassed <laughs> Coach Landry. <laughs> you know, they called him everything but the son of God. <laughs> and we beat out on the sideline just to try to laugh at you. Because you know, Coach, Coach Landry was a real serious Serious man, and, yeah. you know, and he worked us. He worked us, and he worked us hard. And, and obviously, it all worked, paid off, paid off for us. But you know, ah, man, I just like mm, going into Philadelphia, man. It was. <laughs> I said, yeah, like I said, what to say? What I say about it? Um, uh, uh, Brother city of brotherly love, yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think uh, Cowboys fans share that sentiment. So yeah, we just like we liked it because they they could, they would get on, get on Coach Landry, man. We, they would say things that we we couldn't say. <laughs> Tony, do you when you watch Mahomes play, does he remind you a little bit of Roger in the, in like some of his you know style of getting out of the pocket and being able to see downfield and the big play thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. He he he's a uh, he's a very good. He, he, Good, 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 good player. First of all, but to say, you know, to compare him to Roger or Roger to him, 
you know, I don't really like doing a whole lot of that. Yeah. But they're Did both outstanding people. Yeah. I mean, when I Patrick Mahomes, when I see Patrick Mahomes and I see how his size, I mean, probably like me, you know, I was running back. I mean, I'm a little old dude. But I'm saying, man, man, this is amazing what this guy is able to do. I mean, it, I, I, I appreciate his skill. Now, the movie is, and you can watch it. <laughs> Can't wait. On, I, I know you I'm going to watch it right now. You should ask for a screener. I'm well, gonna, you I'm need to that. ask for yes. a screener All then. Right. All right. It's Heisman to the Hall of Fame, the perfect 10 presented by Prudential. It's 7 o'clock Central on Saturday. So the night before the Super Bowl, Heisman to the Hall of Fame, the perfect 10 presented by Prudential. And it's going to be on Fox. So it's easy to watch, easy to access. Corey, I know you're you know, in. You know something, too? I think the public is going to have a chance to see a different side of my friend Tony and a different All side of uh, Tim Brown. But it shows you that we're human beings just like everybody else. And yeah. I think they're going to get the enjoyment out of watching this. Well, Corey might quit the show to watch it right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I had the 33 jersey and helmet and everything yes. growing up. I, I'm just I'm going to watch it immediately. We we really appreciate y'all's time and everybody. Seven o'clock Saturday night on Fox, easy to watch. Get you hyped up for the Super Bowl. Not you, Corey. You're already right. hyped. I'm already hyped. But everybody else wants to watch. Thank you, guys. Tony Dorsett, much. Earl Campbell. Thank you guys thank very you. very much. We appreciate you. We're the KNC right. masterpiece. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're free to come. Back and hang out whenever you guys want. All right, man. I, I, I like that. I got distracted a couple times by those Super Bowl rings. <laughs> Coming up next, we will talk with another Hall of Famer and huge Cowboys fan. It's Brian Erlocker on the day of Hall of Famers. KNC Masterpiece right here on The Fan. We've been pointed out there. His points per minute, his offensive rating. Here's Kyrie. Oh, what a KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. The Mavericks are victorious over the L.A. Clippers, 110 to 104. That was a huge deal across the Metroplex, a huge deal at the restaurant we went to last night. But about 20 minutes-ish after the game was over, then a totally different thing became a huge deal as Kevin Durant was dealt to the Phoenix Suns. I, I'm kind of curious. I know we have to watch and see how it all shakes out, but right. how do you view the hierarchy of the West right now? Because I bet the Nuggets still feel okay because they've been awesome, but maybe not quite as comfortable as they had been feeling. I think right now my pick is Phoenix to come out of the West. I, I think that they're my number one now. I know they won't be the number one seed. Right. Uh, their record uh, is, is really tough to catch the Denver Nuggets. Denver's number two. I do feel like it's a two-tier system right now in the West. I think the way that I kind of look at Boston and Milwaukee, yes, they can be upset, uh, is the same way now I look at Denver and Phoenix. Now, injuries can happen, and obviously we have to see a little bit of chemistry. We have no clue the chemistry between Luka and Kyrie. We don't know the chemistry with Durant and Booker and, and Chris Paul somewhat running the show there. So I know I'm going off of guessing rather than actually watching we've seen the denver nuggets play but that's my one two and then i do think it is jumbled up from there i'll lean towards memphis being three right now but they're the one team out of all the teams we're about to talk about because i have dallas four you know it's interesting the clippers were pretty darn healthy last night and you still beat them without luke i know regular season can fool us because we dominated golden state last year and then they dominated us 
but, in the playoffs. But, like, the green Kawhi matchup gives you hope. The way they were able to push the tempo gives you hope that yeah. this can carry over, yeah. I thought. And the other thing, too, is I have no clue how they're going to play. There's no way you can double team, you can blitz the high pick and roll situation when Luka and Kyrie are on the court. It just, to yeah. me at least, it doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm sure teams might try it to see if it still works, but that could be really dangerous. Memphis, though, in this group of, of teams, they're the one team out of most of the teams in the West that you think have a chance to come out. And maybe you think L.A. has a chance to come out now, along with Clippers and Lakers, is they're a one-star team. They're, they're John Morant and a whole bunch of really good, good role players. players. Yeah, Jackson Bain. Right, yeah. and Jackson did make the all-star team this year, but I don't think many people are like, yeah, that Jaron Jackson can take over a basketball that, game. That was actually, to some, a controversial pick, to your point. And the other thing about Memphis is they suck right now. Right, they're I know playing they, bad basketball. I know they just won, but they have been in a funk for a minute. Yeah, and that's why maybe they've kind of dropped down. Maybe people would say, hey, maybe it is the Mavs if everything is right and they're clicking and Reggie Bullock's going to hit his three-point shot and Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to contribute somewhat consistently. So I can see where, to me, I'll leave it at this. I think it's Phoenix and Denver on Tier 1. And then Tier 2 has about five teams that I'm not sure about. And I even still want to put Golden State there, but they're going to have to deal with another month without Curry. Yeah. Okay, so we're going Dallas, Memphis, Clippers, maybe. Are, are we discounting the Kings and then the Pelicans? I realize the Kings have been, like, maybe the surprise story of the NBA. I guess I will discount the Kings as being a true, like, Western Conference Finals you. contender. You don't have any faith in Harrison Barnes? No, I think okay. he's a role player. But, I, I mean, hey, De'Aaron Fox is going to make the playoffs for the first time in his life, and that's great. But when it comes to, to De'Aaron Fox – and uh, Sabonis. Very good one-two combination, sure, but I sure. think when you start looking at one-two combinations in the West, they're going to fall short yeah. quite a bit. And and I wonder what the Lakers are going to be like. I don't think they can make it out of the West, but can they now make the real playoffs? I think they can make the real playoffs with what the Lakers have done uh, at the trade deadline here. And then I'm not going to count out Golden State. I know how far they are back in the standings, and I know their injury stuff, and maybe they disengage with this whole season. But I still worry about I don't think they will, but I I understand that thought. I don't think they will. Now, as far as the Durant deal itself, the Suns get Kevin Durant. (laughs) Sorry, TJ Warren. You're also part of this deal, but not not, not particularly talked about. And the Nets get Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, and a pick swap. I realize you're not going to replace the talent of Kevin Durant, but... I don't hate that deal for the Nets at all. If push, it felt like push was coming to shove yeah. and KD was like, you got to get this done in the next 36 hours. I think it's a fair trade for both sides. It stinks for the Mavs in competing against yeah. Phoenix for the yeah. next few years, right. but I think it's a fair trade. If, if you're done, uh, like Brooklyn looks like they are, then that is about what they had to do in this situation. The weird thing about Brooklyn, they've given up so many picks to get Kevin Durant, to get James Harden, to that – if they're bad, they usually don't get their picks. They're going to be yeah. getting Phoenix's picks, or they have a pick a long time from now from Dallas, and they'll probably pick up. Honestly, I don't expect Dorian Finney-Smith to be a Brooklyn net at the end of this trade deadline. He doesn't make any sense for them. He's close to 30 years old. Yeah, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson make sense. That's a 23- and 25-year-old guy if yeah. I have their ages right. So they can grow with whatever they get, but I just look at – 
Brooklyn and go, look, it's fair. They traded a dude who's in his mid-30s, a top player in the NBA, an MVP candidate before he got hurt. But yet, when is his career going to start dying? Because I don't think he's going to be LeBron James and be 30 points and seven assists and six rebounds at 38, 39 years old. Because I know where people are bringing up, I think he's like, I don't know, 11,000 points behind LeBron or something like that. And people were saying, oh, could he make the next run? And I'm thinking... Well, if LeBron retired today, I guess maybe, but it does not appear as though that is imminent. So I would say probably not. Are there outside Mavs teams that you're looking at? I feel like there's there's been a lot of talk about the Raptors. There's been talk about OG Ananobi. I'm saying not to the Mavericks. Everybody wants OG, don't they? Yes, exactly. Everybody does. And so not specifically just for the Mavs, but across the NBA, who are you looking at today? I'm looking at Denver. Probably still Brooklyn, right? Yeah, Brooklyn to move players, Toronto to possibly move players. But I am looking at Denver in that they just saw what Phoenix did. They just saw what Dallas did. And, yes, they're having a great year, and they look like the favorites to go to the NBA Finals. But I do think teams like that have to go, well, let's evaluate this. Bones Highland looks like a very valuable piece that we're never going to use, right? But Denver is finding out after Murray's been healthy – We might want to use him to improve the team. Michael Porter Jr. is a guy you can't count on, but if you're a rebuilding team, you might look at Michael Porter Jr. and go, hey, if we're going to trade a $30 million guy, we have to take back salary to make it work. And Michael Porter Jr., I mean, look, there's a 25% chance at best he stays healthy for a career, but you might want to take him, Bones Highland, a couple first-round picks from Denver, and go, and now Denver gets a really nice player they like. Like, I don't think... Brooklyn's going to move Mikel Bridges, but that would be a guy if I'm Denver, I would look at and go, hey, you guys want to move Mikel Bridges and get a lot more asset value back for future rather than that? And they're saying that he might be able to bring back three first-round picks. Kevin, I I think this is a very significant thing that's happening here in this place right now, over at the sleep number area. Uh, Currently, it looks like they have Brandon Marshall, LaShawn McCoy. They also okay. have Debo Samuel is now over there. Should we bring LaShawn over for Mike? It looks like Adam is over there as well. He, uh, they call him Adam. Pac-Man? Yeah, and Darren Woodson and Tyler Klutz are over on the other. That that's the area right now Man. that has the most star power as far as NFL players. I, I think there's some other areas around here as well. I mean, because we just had freaking Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell and everybody wanted to be around us. I was going to say, they don't have the most Hall of Famers, though, either, <laughs> because we got Brian Urlacher coming up in just a minute. But... Did I tell you or did you hear the savage burn that Earl Campbell dropped on me when they were leaving? I didn't hear that. Oh, my gosh. Is Was he talking about your uh, Han Solo sweatshirt? No. Okay. That would probably. That would be awesome if he was like. No, but if he was no like. no clue who that person is. <laughs> <in here. laughs> That's right in his wheelhouse. This movie came out right then. Is uh, I told him that my son, my older son, really wanted to go to Texas. And he's like, that's great. We could use him. And then I said, I don't want to tell you at the beginning of the interview, but I went to AM. He goes, man, no, I love AM. I was like, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, if I wouldn't have run for 176 yards against AM, I might not have won the Heisman. <laughs> I was like, dang, man. So he just put me great. On, at my school on freaking blast. They could, they could never stop me if I got the ball. I, I like it. I get it. They're still competitive, aren't they? Oh, my God. Those guys are still, like, they still, like, believe they can compete, like, in anything. They're they're competitive guys. When they were talking about their careers, I was waiting for that argument to break out when he was like, well, I got more Super Bowls. (laughs) And then, like, I won the Heisen by a bigger margin. I was waiting for that to break out. You can tell they love each other, but there definitely feels like kind of a – 
almost like a sibling rival sort of vibe yes, going on right exa- there. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, Big bro, little bro. Those two guys and, and Walter Payton were the three best running backs of their era. Yes, I mean, that oh, was for the, sure. The era of running backs back then, those were the three guys. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, you know, the questions from media back then were, do you think you're a better running back than that guy over oh, there? Yeah. And they were always thinking that way. But it was awesome to see them kind of in a different setting but still having that kind of vibe to them, man. We mentioned that there have been ten – Hall of Famers who also won the Heisman Trophy. You know two of them. How many of the rest do you think you can guess? Hall of Famers I, that I have won the Heisman get, like, Trophy. Tim uh, Tebow? No. <laughs> All right, so so, so uh, Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett are two of them. Yep. Yeah. Roger Staubach is another Correct. one. Correct. Also local product. They mentioned them in the interview. You haven't then say it, Mike. Tim Brown. Correct. All right, Tim Brown as well. He was a oh yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I was thinking he was an MVP. When, when was he an yeah, MVP? No. Hall of Famer and Heisman. Oh my gosh, this is tough. I, did Joe Namath win the Heisman Ooh, at Alabama? He didn't. So no. don't, I was just asking. I wasn't saying anything. That was an unofficial you sh- guess. You shut okay. your mouth. Is okay. OJ on there? Yes, All he right. is. You can guess why that might not be as prominent in the marketing and everything, but yes, OJ is on that list as well. All right, let's think of more Heisman winners. Oh, you know what? Isn't Charles Woodson in the Hall of Fame now? Yes, he is. That is six. There's one more I think y'all will get. I don't know. Nick Eatman? It's not. He just walked by. He waved. Maybe he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. He's not. I bet he would fight for Darren Woodson to be in the Hall of Fame. I do not believe he won the Heisman Trophy. I would have to go back and check. Barry I'm looking. Sanders. Hold on, Kevin. Oh, yeah, well, you can't look. No, I'm yeah. just looking at Heisman winners. Like that's the that's the um, Barry Sanders. That, yes. Knocked out of the park. Bo Jackson. <laughs> no. He's what not, are you doing? Bo Jackson's not in the Hall of what Fame. What are you doing? Why not? Because he wasn't great then. Oh my. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Text in right now. It's better than Tebow. That is very true. Archie. I know it's not Archie. Griffin. I, I know what people say was injury, but I'm just saying he's not in Marcus the Hall Allen. of Fame. Marcus Allen, Paul Horning, and Doak Walker. So those. He has an award. (laughs) The Doak Walker Award. That's pretty awesome. Do you think he knew before that he was going to have an award? I don't think that's how it works. Just like I don't think Luke Garrett got Luke anymore. (laughs) I don't know any Dokes. Dude, I need to have another kid and name him Doak. That's a cool name. It is a cool name, but. What does it mean? I've never heard. Just make sure. Yeah. Appreciate that contribution right there. Now, also, also, well, everybody else on that list. There's Rogers. There's Tonys. Yeah. There's Earls. How many there's Dokes? Marcuses. Yeah, there's yeah. Marcuses. There's no Dokes. Yeah, you don't. You don't hear Dokes quite as much. <laughs> that is. That is fair. I'm willing to concede that. Now, since we were talking about basketball earlier. Did you see the? Yeah, I watched the whole game. Okay, thank you. Well, a lot of people did. So the viewership. For that game, forty million. It was not forty million. It was three million. Oh, in your face! And the and it peaked at three point seven million. Yes. It was the highest rated non opening day game in the NBA in the regular season in five years. So more than LeBron James's game. Are you talking about LeBron James? No, I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about last night's Mavericks game. No, No, it's not last night's Mavericks game. It's (laughs) LeBron James's game, and they also had. 225 million video views across all their social media platforms. So, obviously, getting work done. Now, speaking of somebody who gets work done right now on the A number one air hot seat, (laughs) it is Pro Football Hall of Famer Brian Urlacher. And I want 
to, we had you on a few weeks ago over the phone yes. representing Dallas, yes. so we're really glad to have yeah, you back. Yeah, a little disappointed. We lost. Uh, we okay, did. I'm It was bad. I'm we didn't know. It wasn't that bad. Could have been better. I've seen worse. Mm-hmm. That's that NFC Championship game. Okay, that is that is very fair. Yes, that was very bad football. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. Okay, but but we have four Hall of Famers on the show today. We already had Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell. We got Emmett Smith coming up. I know we got Emmett Smith coming up. So I just saw Emmett. The pressure's on. Are you ready? Yes. What for? What? Okay. I mean. Oh, like to do a great interview? Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Sure. Definitely. Everybody definitely. loved you the last time you were on with us. Well, because so. they're all Cowboys fans. Of course they love it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a good point. <laughs> Easy one. We've had some Eagles fans on, and people oh, are like, yeah, no, get yeah, this guy yeah. the hell right, out get of him here. Out of here. Did I you agree. always want to be a linebacker? Like when you first started playing football? Oh, you well, like... I wanted to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They okay. wouldn't let me throw. My coaches never let me throw, man. I got a cannon, too. Really? Like, you should see me in practice. When we used to play. Like, when the offense is out there doing their thing, we play catch, like, this stupid game. Like, this is two points. This is one point. Love like, it. Yeah. The yeah. headshots, too. The chest is one. I was a man. Nice. That's yeah. it. I, I wanted to play quarterback, too. My dad didn't want me to play football at all because I was a baseball guy. And so the, the, you make more money in baseball. Yeah, and, the, and look, <laughs> I did make it. And, uh, <laughs> and so they're like, hey, we want you to play baseball. So I go out for spring football practice, and all I do is watch professional football. I don't watch college football. So I'm watching Troy Aikman hand off to Emmett yeah. Smith. So the first time I just call the play, they say, and they're like, you can't do it that way. I'm like, I don't know how to call plays. Just tell me what to say. And then I hand it <laughs> off to the running back. I just put it out there with one hand, lay it in there, and then uh, I watch the play. And they're like, oh, blow the whistle. What are you doing? And I'm like, I watch the Cowboys play every game. Troy Aikman hands it off to Emmett Smith, and he watches him run. And yes. like, you got a two hands, and you got a fake <laughs> yeah. run. And I'm like, you brought me out here to do what? I'm like, when am I passing the football? And when they said we run it a lot, I said I'm going back to baseball. Yeah, yeah. go to baseball. I agree. I, uh, I So I played same. Safety, safety and receiver in high school, but I never wanted to be a linebacker. I wanted to be, I wanted to catch the ball. But there's a, there's a, there was a time that I was like, you know what? Maybe offense isn't right. When you get hit a few times, it's not hard to decide that you want to be on the other side of the football, not getting hit as much. I did take some hits on defense too, but I got to dish out more than I took. I think. Yeah, yeah. you know what's interesting? You're talking about you always wanted to play the throwing game instead. I was watching Micah at training camp, and oh, dude, they're walking over to the to the sled, and he just like stops and goes nah, and walks over and starts throwing a ball into the net. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice on my throwing instead. They let that happen, and I was like, well, and that's what I was thinking. I was what? like, is you've this been dude? a Cowboys fan a long time? You know how it works. <laughs> Sometimes oh, we jack the- around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's training camp. I mean, you got to hit the sleds. What's time to hit the sleds? It didn't, it didn't hold him back too much. I tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but throwing the ball in the nets didn't uh, drag him down very much. See, can- if you go to Oxnard, Micah is very disinterested in drills like that. He's really? just like, yeah. He's like, when are we going to get to the scrimmage part? He wants to hit, yeah, oh, he wants to play real football. I get it. No, yeah. there's no doubt. But I, I, I don't disagree with him. But I. Uh, so my technique wasn't that good, so I needed all the help I could get. Micah what, is different. What would you think about a passive-aggressive walk-by from the coach? It's like, maybe if you hit that sled, you can finish first for defensive player of the year instead of second. Is that out already? Uh, I mean, come <laughs> on. We, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Okay, well, I'll, my bold prediction is Nick Bosa first, Micah Parsons second. I agree. Well, it, you know, I, have to, I think when I, uh, I talked to you all after it was already over, but about week Thirteen or twelve, Micah was still the guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then yeah. um, Nick just started playing. Well, he was playing great all season, but the Cowboys defense kind of tapered off there at the end. So since we had Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell with us just a minute ago, okay, you are having to tackle one of those guys. Very different running backs. One's going <laughs> to try to make different. you miss, and the other one's going to run, run your through your butt chest. Over. Yeah. Who are you? You you have them, and they're three yards away from you, and you're in space. Who would you rather try to get down? So in space, I would. 
this is not a knock to either of them. I right. would rather try and – I was 255, so Earl Campbell, I think I have a better chance to tackle in space. He may not try and juke me. Tony Dorsett, I'm going to be on the ground like, oh, well, good luck. Somebody else get him. I think he <laughs> yeah. might put a move on me. Uh, Earl will probably try and run me over, which is okay. I could just grab on and take him. You know, I might be on my back, but I'll probably make the tackle. Now, you've got Chris along with you. Yes. And I say it – more informally because we got the chance to chat yesterday and for people who might have missed it can you tell us kind of the mental health and other work that y'all are doing with the border patrol and other agencies so i got to go down and meet uh chief clem in september down at yuma and i went back again in december and and met with the agents again but just trying to get down there raise some awareness for them and let the agents know there are people that support them you know what you see on the media is what they're seeing on the media isn't always you know what what's being portrayed to us so we know what's going on i just want to go in there and support them and let them know that we're behind them and i got to see some cool stuff while i was down there so that was that was fun for me i got a chance to meet him and try and you know just learn from them a little bit, but it's a really crazy thing going on at the border. Uh, tough situation for all of our agents and him as well. Not anymore because he's retired. That's but, right. Um, on top, though. Yeah, on top, I on top. He went out on top. But, uh, yeah, just trying to waste some awareness and just spend some time with our agents, basically. Is it – and I asked you this yesterday. Yeah. I just want to refresh if anybody missed it is just something that Brian just said is – when you get that perception that most people don't like you, I, accurate yeah, yeah, or yeah, not, yeah. like I get I how things get yeah, twisted. Yeah. I like how people don't like me. Yeah, <laughs> I can, def- yeah, I can I definitely like that. see yeah, that. Sorry. Is is that tough to overcome, or does that motivate you at all? A little bit of both, right? I mean, you, you go out there. People that uh, serve in law enforcement, regardless of the, what what the badge uh, says, uh, they're they're doing it for a reason, right? At least sure. the good ones are, right? Yeah. And and so uh, they're out there. Uh, our men and women uh, wearing the border patrol uniform are trying to keep America safe. And then first and foremost, I mean, they are the first line of defense. And it's great having a, a linebacker, a legend linebacker uh, out there with our folks that are on the line, you know, keeping us safe. Uh, but, yeah, over time, it's, it becomes cumulative. When, when you see uh, one uh, issue portrayed, you know, uh, that's not really accurate uh, because it's showing, oh, these poor people that are just trying to get a better life. Well, yeah, there are some in that mix that are just trying to do the right thing, but there's a lot of them that are just taking advantage of the system that is creating a vulnerability that's leaving the border open. And the agents know, hey, we should be doing something different, but the policy dictated from Washington is, is having us do other things. And that, and so having people like uh, Brian, and we were here with Nick a couple of days ago, um, and, and just come down here and just thank the agents, you know, uh, give them a little shot in the arms and, hey, you know, we appreciate you what you're doing um, and uh, you've got support. And, and also, you know, again, uh, you know, Brian's a resident of Arizona. He wanted to see what was going on yeah. in his own state, and we were able to get access. And, and, uh, and, and really just the interaction he had with the men and women was huge. Uh, just for them to see somebody like, uh, like Brian come down there and others uh, and just thank him was, you know, that went a lot further than when I, when I go up there and thank him because, I mean, they expect it from me. <laughs> now, <laughs> on, it, every day. on a lighter note, is it tonight you, Jaws, Yeah, the Dicka, Jaws cigar party, party? by me. I think I don't know how that's supposed to be worded, but, yeah, I'm, I'll be <laughs> one of the guys there. It's the st- 13th annual yeah. Ditka and Jaws Cigars with the Stars, DitkaJawsCigars.com, yeah. if you want to check it out. Coach Dicka can't be there this year, so I got to take it. They got downgraded big time so i'm stepping in for coach dick me and jaws it should be fun man i uh i've never been to one of their and it's you know gridiron greats obviously is a great organization sure. what they do raising money for the guys who played long before all the guys in here you know the guys yeah. um that kind of paved the way for us but yeah i'm excited about it, it should be fun Lucky you know people. obviously the saturday night live skit us growing up the with the bears, bears. is Ditka is he that popular still in chicago it's unreal i mean so here's how it is for me as a, uh, knowing him if he asks you to do something you do it 
I mean, if, if Coach Zicka wants to be a part of something you're doing, you accept. You just like, yes, you want to be associated with him as much as you can. But the fans love him. Um, he didn't give a, you know what, man? He just did what he wanted to do. People love him for that. That's that's how Chicago is, especially they love their defense and they love their, uh, their tough guys, and he was definitely that. Man, if you're looking for something to do tonight, DitkaJawsCigars.com, and we appreciate having you guys on. We'll bring you back on yes. outside of the Super Bowl to talk more specifics. We'll fix like up the it. Cowboys together. We'll get it done. we got some things to do, man. We, uh, we got a lot of stuff. Man. Do, we have any, do we have any cap room? Don't worry about that right we now. We'll have, worry about we'll, we'll that. We'll clean some space out. We'll give some guys some bonuses, and we'll be good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pull some levers on some contracts that uh, push it, push the money yeah. down the road. Yeah, that's the move. That's what Jerry's, the man at doing that. Exactly. <laughs> Why can't everybody be like that? Exactly. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan.